Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Inspire Fitness Podcast. My name is Casey Young. I am a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. I help women lose fat, get fit, and gain confidence. I speak to an audience of women, typically in the over 40 demographic. I want to help all of you get stronger, get more fit, and lead healthier and happier lives. I'm going to jump right into our topic today. It is one of the topics that I am most passionate about because I have worked in the weight loss arena, the health arena, as a registered dietitian for almost the past 20 years. I have worked with hundreds and thousands of women who have tried to lose weight and I've helped them successfully lose weight. But I really don't like to put the emphasis on the scale. And we're going to talk about the scale today and why the scale should not be your only measure of progress along your weight loss journey. In fact, we're going to try to shift the emphasis from weight loss to fat loss. And we're really going to dive in today to focus on other measures of progress and to really help you gain an understanding of why the scale should not be the end all be all to your journey. So Let's talk about what the scale does. <laughs> it's going to be a real short talk. The scale will give you the weight that your body weighs at one point in time. Today, you step on the scale. The scale will tell you what your body weighs. And that is about the information that you are going to get from the scale. Okay? It does not tell you what your body composition is. It does not tell you... If you are retaining fluid, it does not tell you if you have maybe not gone to the bathroom in a handful of days. It does not tell you if it is a particular time in the month in your menstrual cycle. And it certainly does not determine your self-worth, ladies. Okay, so let's talk about uh, why we should avoid putting so much emphasis on the scale on our journey to become more fit and better and healthier, happier versions of ourselves. So the scale is clearly not going to tell us our body composition, okay? Even those really fancy scales that you can buy that are going to have you hold your hands in a specific way on the scale and they're going to tell you that they're going to tell you your body composition, they really don't. At least they don't tell you your body composition accurately. So I'm not a huge fan of them. I'll get back to that here in just a second. But essentially, your weight on the scale is not going to tell your body composition, and it is not going to be an accurate reflector, reflection of your body composition changing. So let's say you are a woman who is starting along her journey uh, to become more fit, and you start strength training, you start eating in a moderate calorie deficit, And you get on a scale on day one and it shows you a number and you get on a scale on day maybe 28 and it shows you the same exact number or it may have even gone up a pound or two. (laughs) And you've been working your tail off over the last 28 days. And this does not mean that you have failed. It does not mean that you have not made progress. It just simply means that your weight is the same, or it's maybe gone up a pound or two, but it doesn't mean that your body composition isn't becoming more favorable, okay? So over time, we can 
see changes in our body composition that are not going to be reflective on the scale. I hear this from women all the time in my program. They tell me, you know, maybe over the course of six months to eight months to a year, they may tell me they've, they've maybe shaved, you know, three pounds, five pounds, eight pounds off of the scale. They've seen it go down a little bit, but they've lost an entire size or two in their pants. They're wearing clothes that they haven't been able to wear in years because their body is physically different. So a few pounds change on the scale could equate to a huge change in how your body physically looks and the size and shape of your body. And the scale is not going to accurately reflect that. Okay. So body composition change can happen without the scale changing with it going up or with the scale going down just slightly. The scale is not going to tell us, it's not going to be a great uh, representation of changes in our body composition. So what about those scales that I mentioned? The ones that tell us that they can uh, give us uh, information related to our body composition. So they're using bioelectrical impedance for their measurement. And these are pretty inaccurate measures of body composition, okay? They can be affected by a lot of things, including hydration status and others. So I don't put a whole lot of stock into them and I typically don't recommend them for my clients because they are inherently inaccurate, okay? I could get a different measurement today. I could get a different measurement 12 hours from now. And I certainly could get a different measurement, you know, a month or two from now, which is going to either make me feel like I've made some great progress when maybe I didn't, or maybe it's going to make me feel like I made no progress when I really did, okay? So in general, these type of body fat measurements, uh, the scales that tell us that they can check our body composition, I generally am going to suggest not using. A really great way to check your body composition would be to use a professional who has been trained and thoroughly experienced in measuring your body composition, either with a skin fold test, somebody who's been very experienced and trained in that, or a DEXA scan can be a great way to do that. The gold standard would be an underwater weighing test. And I know that's not always readily available to most of us, but that truly is the best, most accurate way to determine your body composition. Now, let me just share this little example with all of you. <laughs> a few years ago, I went through a certification process and I... I learned how to do the skin fold testing and I actually went into the pool and I did the underwater weighing. I was a subject in this, in this process. And I, I used one of the bioelectrical impedance scales in the classroom that we were learning in. And I'm not gonna tell you my exact body composition, but I'm gonna tell you that there was a variability of 7% on the same day. I measured myself on the little tiny scale that told me it could measure my body composition a little handheld device. And then I went into the pool later that morning and the difference in my body composition was 7%. So that is why I do not believe in these little handheld held scales. It is not accurate. Okay. 7% is a huge swing when the gold standard we know is getting into the pool. The underwater weighing is the best, most accurate way to measure. Again, I know that is not always the most convenient way to do it. However, I would have been very misled had I thought 
my body composition was 7% higher than it actually was than when I got in the pool. So 7% to me is a big deal. I don't put a lot of stock in those. So uh, make sure you've got a good professional using uh, Skinfold. Um, that I will say was quite comparable to the underwater wing when I had a skilled professional that was doing it for me. So body composition, scale does not tell us that. Number two, the scale can fluctuate. Okay, I think you know this, but let me tell you why. Scale can fluctuate. It can fluctuate as the day goes on. Have you ever done this? You weighed yourself first thing in the morning and then you have a doctor's appointment maybe at three or four in the afternoon. And well, the doctor's scale is always a little off, right? We know this, but you get on the scale maybe at home later in the day and it's like two or three pounds heavier. It's, it's hydration status, okay? It's based on what you've eaten and your hydration status, but the scale can fluctuate throughout the day and the scale can also fluctuate day to day. So I may jump on the scale one morning and see a number and the next morning it could be two pounds heavier. It could be two pounds lighter. Does that mean that I gained or lost two pounds of fat overnight? Absolutely not. It is a complete fluctuation in the scale. It is not a true reflection of my fat loss progress or my fat gain. It is a fluctuation typically of fluid. So the scale can fluctuate. Huge changes can occur throughout the day as including day to day. It is not a true weight in fat. Okay. Uh, your, your scale can fluctuate for various reasons. First being a hard workout. So what happens when we go through a really hard workout is a little bit of inflammation. There's some, you know, uh, muscles are working hard. There's little tiny muscle tears that are occurring. There's some repair and recovery processes that goes on that can cause some inflammation and some fluid retention. So especially in women who are maybe just getting into a fitness program, I hear this a lot in my beginner boot camp. Women will get on a scale and they've been, you know, working real hard that first couple, you know, week or two, and they get on the scale and they're real frustrated. You know, it scales up two pounds. It's up three pounds. Um, it's not really up two or three pounds. Well, it is, but it's not like you've gained three pounds of fat. There's just a lot of stuff going on inside your muscles. Okay. So give your body some time to adjust to that. It's temporary. It's fluid retention, inflammation and fluid retention, um, especially when you're starting out with that workout. So you may see that slight shift initially. It's nothing to be too concerned about for the long term. Uh, and it's also not immediate muscle gain. So a lot of women will ask me that, am I already gaining, you know, my muscles, are they growing that quickly? And the answer is no, I wish. I wish it was that easy to gain that muscle mass that quickly, two to three pounds in a couple of weeks. That's not happening either. It takes long, a lot longer time to, to see that change. So it's just a fluid, you know, fluid shift. Another way that we see the scale change pretty quickly on us is if we've consumed additional carbohydrates that is maybe outside of our typical diet. So when we consume carbohydrates, uh, maybe in a little more excessive amount than we typically would, our bodies has been trained, our muscles have been trained to hang on to that extra carbohydrates because that is the preferred source of energy. So the body wants to hang on to those carbohydrates and we store them in the form of glycogen, either in our liver as well as in our muscles. And when we store carbohydrates that we've consumed in our diet, in our muscles and in our liver it is stored as glycogen. Glycogen, stored carbohydrates, with glycogen comes water. Okay, so extra carbs in the diet equals stored carbs in our body, which means extra fluid. It's just extra fluid. So yeah, I ate a whole bunch of extra carbs yesterday, 
you might think, oh, that means I gained fat overnight. No, it doesn't. It just means there's extra fluid sitting in your muscles with those carbohydrates, which means your muscles are ready to rock for your workout tomorrow. Okay. So it means you're probably going to have a pretty effective workout when you go into the gym. So extra carbs consumed equals extra water. No worries. Hormonal fluctuations. Aha. As women, lovely. We get to deal with all these wonderful hormonal fluctuations. So think about time of the month. All right. So for those of you women who are, you know, uh, still having regular menstrual periods, pay attention to where are you in your menstrual cycle. And this is going to have a big impact on the scale and when you see those fluid shifts. And what I'll say is you can't, you can't change it, <laughs> but awareness sometimes can bring a little bit of peace of mind to why is this, why is this scale going up or why has it gone, gone down? So hormonal fluctuations uh, will occur and typically they're not going to be in your favor, especially in the days leading up to menstruation. Okay. We're just going to see more fluid retention in the days leading up to your menstruation. Once you, uh, you know, start to menstruate and you get through that menstrual period, typically in those days following is when you're going to see that shift go down. And that's typically when we're going to see our lightest weight on our body and we're going to feel that fluid retention ease. Okay. But that is just a natural or natural occurrence. High salt uh, meal <laughs> with salt comes water. All right. So if you've eaten out maybe Chinese or you've gone out to, you know, had some Mexican chips and salsa, any kind of dining out, typically there's going to be excess sodium added to those foods. Or if you have had some highly processed foods, you're going to be retaining some extra fluid because of sodium. With salt comes water. Uh, one of the best things that you can do here is to consume additional water, which is going to help flush out that extra sodium. But just kind of pay attention to that. Well, you know, I feel a little puffy. Do I feel a little puffy under my eyes? My fingers feel a little puffy. Does my ring feel tight? Those kinds of things are a good indicator that, yep, I've had extra sodium. I'm feeling a little puffy. It's extra fluid because of that extra salt. Uh, lastly, another, you know, fluctuation you might see on the scale is going to be due to constipation. Okay. Obviously, we're not going to the bathroom regularly. There's a whole lot of things that are getting backed up in that uh, digestive tract. And of course, that's going to, you know, cause us to hold on to some extra weight. All right. Again, this isn't necessarily fluid, although it could be a little bit of that fluid. But, you know, once you get onto more of a regular cycle, you're going to see that weight shift on the scale. Uh, so pay attention to that. Are you are you going to the bathroom regularly? And if you're not, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> we can get on as far as, you know, getting more fiber in your diet, making sure that you're moving regularly, having lots of extra, you know, water throughout the day, all of that can have a big impact on um, having regular bowel movements, which can, can affect the scale. <clears throat> so those are some things that can have an impact on the scale. Uh, better indicators of progress. So I will say this, sometimes I suggest my clients weigh regularly, depending on the type of person that they are and how the scale affects them, I may suggest that they never get on the scale, okay? Some women have had a, a negative relationship with the scale. It, it has, you know, really had an impact on them, on their well-being, you know, it has maybe you know, affected them in negative ways. And if that's the case, like I am, I am not going to be the nutrition coach that says you need to get on a scale, you know, daily or weekly or monthly, whatever it is. 
I work with my clients on an individual level and we do what's best for them. So if a client tells me, you know, I have an issue with the scale, it really messes me up when I see a certain number, let's just avoid it. There's other ways that we can track your progress. Okay. So if, if that's you and you don't have a very healthy relationship with the scale, if it sets your day up in a good way and a bad way based on the number that you see, you know, I think there's maybe, maybe stuff that you need to take to, to overcome that, <laughs> that issue. Um, and that's okay. And I think you should just maybe avoid it for the time being. So there's definitely certainly, you know, better indicators of progress. And for those of you who maybe struggle with that number, I think staying away from the scale is the best option for the, for the time being. Uh, but one of the best ways I think that we can track our progress is how are your clothes fitting? Okay, because the clothes don't tend to lie. All right, we can usually determine what's going on with our body and our shape and our and our weight without having to see the number because those jeans start to get a little tight all right or the shirts don't quite fit like how we want them to and we can usually get an indicator of what's going on based on how our clothes are fitting so so take a look take a feel and try to be honest with yourself you know how are these clothes fitting? Do they feel like they're getting a little tight? Do they feel like they're getting a little looser? When I look in the mirror, how does this shirt fit? You know, fit? Is it fitting any differently? How do these pants fit? Um, maybe don't always ask your partner. <laughs> they're not always the best person to involve in this conversation. They may be, you know, perhaps too brutally honest, or maybe they're just trying to make you feel better. So uh, maybe they're not the best person to ask. <laughs> but how are your clothes fitting if you can take a, you know, a look in the mirror and, and truly be honest with yourself. That's a good, good way to go. Measurements are also another really great indicator of progress. So typically I'm going to recommend taking measurements every four to six weeks when you're working towards progress. Okay. So typically uh, bust, waist, and hip are good places to measure. That's where we're going to see some of these changes, especially in the female population, particularly every four, or four to six weeks, if you can have someone help you, okay? Because if you're doing these measurements on your own, sometimes it's hard to make sure that the tape measure is lined up appropriately. And then when you go to repeat this measurement four to six weeks from now, you may not realize that the first time the tape was sagging a little bit around, you know, the belly or the booty. And, you know, so you want to try to repeat it as accurately as possible so we can really determine if there has been some changes or not some changes in which direction uh, they are occurring. So measurements can be super helpful. Progress pictures. All right. Just like the clothes don't lie. I think sometimes the pictures don't lie. All right. And even if the scale is not moving, if the, if the you know measurements are hard to tell sometimes, I think a picture, what does it say? A picture can tell us a thousand words, right? Like we can see some changes happening that maybe are not going to be reflected in other ways. So progress pictures can be huge. I always recommend my clients take progress pictures again, every four to six weeks, I think is a good time frame to do them. Again, you know, trying to be as uh, consistent as possible with taking the progress pictures using the exact same location can be super helpful. Wearing the exact same thing can be super helpful. Again, we're just, we're trying to compare the body at one point in time to the current point in time. And the less variables that we have to deal with, the more we can accurately see those changes happening, okay? So wearing the same thing, having the same lighting, which means probably about the same time of day in that same room, 
uh, can be helpful. Again, if someone else can do this for you, I think that can be really helpful. Um, and, you know, just kind of setting yourself up for, you know, getting a good, accurate reflection of those changes that you may be able to see. <clears throat> okay, so one final way to look at uh, different measures of progress would be, how are you feeling? You know, what other things are changing in your in your life? So are you, uh, do you have more energy? You know, this can this can be a little subjective. So it's kind of hard to measure sometimes. But thinking about like, how did I feel before I started, you know, this program before I started lifting regularly or my regular exercise routine? Am I sleeping better? How is my mood? Uh, you know, am I having to go for that second cup of coffee in the afternoon? Do I need to take my little, you know, 10 minutes power nap when I get home from work? However it is. Uh, how's my energy? How's my mood? How is my sleep? Those are some things that you can ask yourself as well. How are my, how is my energy in my workouts? How is my progression in my workouts? Am I lifting heavier? Did I start with, you know, maybe eight or 10 pounds and now am I lifting 12 to 15? Uh, am I doing more reps? Am I, you know, now I'm up to, um, you know, doing four workouts a week where before I was just doing two, you know, all of these can be great measures of progress that again are not going to be reflective on the scale. Okay. Increased strength, lifting heavier can be, can be awesome. Awesome measures of progress. Um, again, checking body composition, super important to have an experienced person working with you on that, making sure that they're using an accurate method. Again, try to stay away from those home base scales that can be, you know, super inaccurate and affected by a lot of factors that just really not the best indicators for change. You don't want to set yourself up for like, you feel as if you should see some progress and the scale tells you otherwise. Um, it's just, it's just not a real good feeling, especially if it's not going to be an accurate reflection. Uh, so if you are going to use the scale, it's okay to do so. I'm not saying don't ever get on the scale. Scale can be one measure of progress. And I think if you can use it in, a, in an objective way, it can be a good tool. So what I'd say, if you're going to be using the scale, I don't want to tell you that you have to weigh daily because I think um, I think that can sometimes set us up for like messing with your head a little bit. But but if you're okay with getting on the scale daily and if you can truly keep it to an objective measurement, weighing daily can be a great way to get a really accurate representation because what we're going to do then is we're going to take your daily weight, and we're going to average it through the week. All right. So what this really allows us to do is, is minimize the fluctuations that we're going to see. Okay, because if I only weigh every single Tuesday, I don't see what my weight might be on Monday and Wednesday and Thursday, and Friday, where I might only see at one point in time, and then I'm going to not understand what if my weight is fluctuating on Tuesday, and it's up. And then the next week, I come to it, and it's still up or now it's down, you know, do I really get a good representation of what my weight actually is? It's not the best way to do it. But if weighing daily weighs heavily <laughs> on your mind, then that's not the best way to do it for you either. Okay, so you have to do what works best for you. Uh, but weighing daily is okay with you and that, you know, you can keep it to that objective measurement, write it down, take the weekly average average your week to week daily average, 
that can be a good way to go about it. Also keep in mind, again, for menstruating women, your daily average of the first week of your cycle is going to probably look different than the daily average of the third week of your cycle. Okay, so if you can kind of look at that and compare maybe month to month, week three, week three on month one, week three of month two, that is going to be an also a better comparison as well, because we know that those fluctuations occur throughout the woman's menstrual cycle. Okay, so I talked about a lot of stuff today, and I hopefully gave you some good information related to other measures of progress, not just getting on the scale and not allowing that scale to be your only measure of progress. We talked about maybe taking progress pictures, doing body composition, the ways the scale can fluctuate. So really not putting a whole lot of stock into that scale, especially if you're, you know, just weighing once a week or weighing once a month, know that that scale can fluctuate. And even if you're not seeing huge substantial changes on the scale, that you could still be making some really great progress in other ways. So take those progress pictures, uh, you know, focus on how heavy are you lifting, you know, um, the physical changes that you're seeing in your body, how your clothes are fitting, how your energy is, how you're sleeping. I always tell my women, focus on the pounds you lift, not on the pounds that you weigh. I think this is a really good philosophy to have, especially for women who are focusing on strength training and uh, using that as their primary uh, fitness fitness focus. So uh, that is all for our podcast today. I greatly appreciate all of you uh, being here today. Thank you so, so very much for listening to the podcast. And I look forward to bringing a ton more value to you moving forward uh, throughout the podcast. So please come back and visit. Stay tuned for new episodes. If you'd like to find me on my other social media channels, I welcome you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at fit.nutritionist. And I also have a website. It's inspirehw.com, inspirehw.com. And you can also find me on Facebook, which is a little bit of a different name. It is kc.young.rd.cpt. So I hope to find you there on my socials. Thank you all for being here. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day and I will end the podcast uh, with one of my favorite quotes and it is this if you don't like something change it if you can't change it change your attitude that is Miss Maya Angelou and that is our quote today and the end of this podcast I hope you have an amazing rest of your day I will see you back here next time thanks everyone